Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. People, thank you for joining me this morning here on Prison Focus Radio on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. I am your host, Nube Brown. Please excuse the abrupt ending of that fantastic, powerful song by X Clan, but I had to edit to get right to my conversation with Melody Fontanilla of Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, CJCJ, and Rebecca Jackson of Cameo House. Here we go. I have, uh, good morning listeners, I have with me this morning Melody Fantilla. She is the board member of CJCJ, which is Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, and also Rebecca Jackson of CJCJ Cameo House Program Director. I want to thank both of you for joining me this morning, and why don't we go ahead and get started with you, uh, Melody Fantilla, please, and give us a little history on CJCJ and Cameo House. Well, good morning, Nubay. Thank you so much for having us on the air this morning. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I started with um, CJCJ before with the Northern California Service League. I'm not sure if people still remember us, but we, we, we were around for 64 years up until 2012. Um, the Northern California Service League uh, merged with CJ in 2012 because um, we weren't going to be able to be around. But I was with uh, the Northern California Service League. I started in the children's waiting room at the Hall of Justice. <clears throat> and then I became an employment specialist 
working with um, the formerly incarcerated individuals coming out of jails. I would go to the prisons, um, um, uh, Pelican Bay, um, San Quentin, and both Solano um, prisons to tell, to go to the pre-release programs and tell the men about our services. The men would come out and they would, you know, we, we did um, unemployment and we helped the homeless and we gave them trainings and we conducted a workshop for one week that fed and supplied individuals with how to get a job and keep a job. Um, I um, ended up becoming the employment administrator and eventually moved on. But um, two years later, I was asked to be a board member, which I was proud to do. And that's by working with the Northern California Service League was basically what developed my love for working with ex-offenders. And um, that was a wonderful work. I enjoyed it because not only have I been incarcerated before, I was addicted to drugs. And, and I'm just thankful that we were able to open up this house under Cameo back in 1997 for women. Because when I was addicted, I didn't have a place to go with my children to be able to get clean and sober. And so um, that was just a wonderful thing. The, um, the Northern California Service League was, I do want to just mention under Shirley Melnico, that's how I came into the program. She was the director at that time. And it was formally founded by um, a, court, a Supreme Court Justice, um, Raymond Peters. So that's a little bit of the history that I can tell you about. Um, I am now currently on the board with CJCJ and, and glad to be here um, this morning um, talking about Cameo. Melody, thank you so much for that. Okay, I just want to be clear. The Northern California uh, Service League is a 64 years. They've yes, been... we, were in, we were in existence for 64 years. Wow, and, and providing re-entry services. Yes. Wow, so you're the model. So And you did not have re-entry services. When you were incarcerated. Can I ask how long you were incarcerated and what did so, you face when you came out? So for me, my incarceration was only jail, um, thankfully. However, my husband um, was was prison impacted okay. and it, impa it, it impacted our family. Of course. And so it left me alone by myself mm -hmm. and that wasn't, that was not a good thing, you know? And so fortunately, you know, um, through the help of the Lord, I was able to change my life and I'm on a, and a, I'm on a much better page today. Thanks be to God. Well, so, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, welcome to your, your <laughs> life, you know, welcome to your beautiful lane. Thank you so much for that. Now with that beautiful history and, you know, realizing where, where and how, this, um, you know, Cameo House, how it was born, how, how it came to be. Rebecca Jackson, I would love for you to tell us about, you know, what, what CJCJ 
um, and mm-hmm. this program, Cameo House, what it means to you, how, how, it came, how you came to it or how you came to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, CJCJ, um, I really believe in their the core mission. You know, their core mission as a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization whose whole point of being is to promote um, balance and and you know bring humanity into the criminal justice system. And to me, uh, you know, that is extremely impactful mm-hmm. because their goal is to, to get to those two things and to advocate for people um, and provide direct services and um, assistance to both juveniles and adults, um, you know, and working on, like, the policy, you know, and doing analysis and research and reports um, to shed light to shed light on the injustice of it all. And one of the um, direct services that CJCJ buys is we have one residential program. And that program has been around, you know, since the 90s with uh, one population in mind, to serve the underserved, to help the invisible. And that's San Francisco's, you know, homeless, justice-involved women of color Mm -hmm. with children. And, um, you know, I came to CJCJ Cameo House. I've been with Cameo House four years now, um, but came here uh, really on the coattails of one of my mentors, and uh, her name is Shirley Lamar. Uh, Shirley and I both uh, hail from doing uh, long runs at the Delancey Street Foundation. Uh, We both have life stories, uh, much like Melody, both Shirley and I um, both come from the lived experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I started using uh, at a very young age, 15, and started uh, going to jail soon as they could put me in jail at 18 and uh, was in prison twice and was looking at um, going back to prison uh, basically for a life term, 15 years, um, before I went to Delancey. So I went there as an alternative, um, being in prison uh, for basically what I would constitute as the rest of my young adult life. And, you know, going through the change, you know, learning and having the structure and the support um, to give me the tools that I needed, mm-hmm. you know, because unlike Melody, it didn't it didn't come to me as an epiphany. It didn't come as an overnight thing. It was something that I had to learn over time that I could, I could change, mm-hmm. you know, and that my life did not have to be... Um, a repeat didn't have to be on the sad story, you know. Um, so when I graduated from Delancey Street, I just knew whatever work that I went in, whatever I did with my life moving forward from that point, it needed to have substance and meaning. And for me, that meant 
trying to help other women with kids to get a chance, to get a second chance, um, to live their life. And so when I had the opportunity to uh, come over to Cameo House, you know, I knew that it was the right place for me to be. Not just work, you know, but right. but be, you know, to try to balance and help lead others, you know, out of that like dark space. Um, and that's basically uh, how I ended up that, uh, you know, helping the women. Can I ask you? So um, this this program being so um, very uh, specific to to uh, give help and services to women, systems impacted women of color with children. But you went into the system when you were when you were a, a child, oh. right? Right. Yeah. Which means that there are parents somewhere, right? And I don't know if you want to talk about that, but there are parents with children, right, who are being systems impacted. And then by the time you make it through the system at a certain point and graduate for, from Delancey House, do you have children? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Children that have been left and it's deeply impacted by my choices, my life choices. Yeah. Deeply impacted. And, you know, um, that had had to find a place to, to, to fix that and to heal that. And that's the one thing, you know, that's the big difference between, like, Delancey and Cameo House is that Delancey was a place where I could only focus on myself. Right. Um, Cameo House is designed to take a woman who would have been like me. Mm-hmm. Um, that I could have brought my children with me to heal together, right? To keep the family together through that process. Yes. And, um, you know, in that in that vein, you know, Cameo House is extremely unique. You know, we it, what it isn't is a cookie-cutter, corporate-ran, large bed, very impersonal sort of, um, rehabilitation. Right, right. It's long-term residential, um, you know, that is really set up to help the women who come to go there instead of being locked up. Right. You know, 85% of our women come as an alternative. That means they come sentenced directly through the courts as an alternative to be going to prison. You know, and they can bring their kids with them and begin that that process. Um, and that's why it's so incredibly like important that our program, you know, Cameo House is long term, twelve to twenty four months. Yeah, and I just I just like to add um, in there when we took in women, some of the women actually had CPS cases, so we were able to keep women from getting their children taken from them. Um, You know, some of the women were drug addicted. Others had mental health issues. They were dually diagnosed. Um, And a lot of places back when we first opened up the place, there was not a place for women to go. 
There was not. Right. And so I was so proud of the very uh, fact of being a part of something so unique and so important. Yeah, well, what we've learned, like, because today, you know, um, you know, we're a, a long way away from when it first opened, but the, the mission and who we serve has never changed. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, San Francisco and the greater Bay Area um, tout themselves as being resource sort of rich, you know, like people think that there's a lot of programs and stuff available. Um, but again, women are, are, are not served the way that men are. You know, there are very few places. This, at this day, today, in 2021, mm -hmm. there are, are only a few places in the whole city that even serve women as a gender-specific population. Wow. Let alone to have their kids be involved. There might be one or two programs where you can go if you're pregnant or you have an infant. But as, I, as far as I know, as far as getting structured, you know, program, mm -hmm. structured long-term residential program that, that addresses all those things that Melody just brought up, mm -hmm. where you can go and your kids are six and eight, we're it. Cameo House is um, And, you know, it's just extremely important. We know um, over time and learning uh, that time is critical, okay? It means long-term programs themselves are gone in, in this harm reduction world. Mm -hmm. Long-term programs are gone, but it takes time. It takes time to navigate all of the systems um, that these women come out and what, what Melody and I both had to face as well coming out. Right. It isn't, you know, just having a place to live. And that's what also, you know, makes Cameo House stand out. It makes it very unique. We aren't traditional, you know, no. drug treatment. We're not traditional um, mental health homes, even though the women are addressing their very complex trauma. Yes. Their, their real, lived, violent experiences. Right. Right? We're not drug treatment. So, but we are letting the women, giving them space to address their substance use issues. Right. And dealing with those things as they come up for themselves. We're not transitional housing but our women are there to transition from one point in their life with enough structure and support to get to the other side mm -hmm. of their life you know yes, they, yes we're not employment specialists but the women are finding jobs do you see what i'm saying right. so we're not any traditional sense of programs but what what the women do is they have a space right um to have the open cps we right now have two women with open CPS cases, and the house is a home, right? Right. That passes that CPS inspection, okay? That does have enough support that the women can um, have unsupervised visits because the, the staff are there. You know, all in this really, um, in the space of safety and dignity and respect, you know, where they are not locked in, but the, the man who sex, sex 
trafficked in them can't get to them either. They're safe. Right. You know? You know, so this takes time. And so at Samuel House, there is faith in the safety and the time and the support for the, for the women to get what they need, you know, to transition and be okay. You're doing that very, more of the kind of that harder messier work you're letting people be people you're letting women be women you're letting women be mothers and it sounds like you're creating these relationships in this space where they can co-create this transition right it's not something that's being done to them and but this very specific aspect of keeping the family together right their family the, yes. without judgment. And here you're creating this space which says, we love you. This is your, th- we love you. That's what I hear. I hear revolutionary love. I hear also, as you know, I did say, and I talked about being an abolitionist. I mean, you know, modern day slavery is taking place within, within our prison system. It is designed to keep families apart then we know that that's a vestige of slavery. Exactly. And and it's very, so the thing is, is so many systems that women have to deal with. Okay, I'm sentenced. I have court, uh, court dates. I have to get my, my welfare. They have obligations for me to, to, to do. I have to, there's all these different appointments and if I've been using drugs and I'm, I got my children, I need a place to like defragment and learn how to handle all these different systems coming at me, asking me, pulling me in all these different directions. Because guarantee you, if you don't go to court, you're going back. Right. Guarantee you, if you don't comply with welfare, you can forget getting your money. Right. If you don't, uh, comply with CPS, you could lose your children. Child protective All of services. These things are, you know, traumatic in themselves, hanging over a woman's head. And at Cameo, she has the. And the thing about Cameo is being carved out. That's how the name came about because mm. it was a carving out of, you know, creating something beautiful. Mm. out of something of stone mm-hmm. and that's how we came up with the name cameo right and it's, we all know that the women the majority of women uh who really need our support and services they're 90 percent women of color right they are our sisters you know our black and latina sisters that you know have historically been you know stepped on and unseen and uncared about in in 2021 you know we're we're trying to be a little tiny corner in san francisco that remembers who they are and respects their power and you know yes yes not even trip off the fact that 90 percent of the women that come come directly from jail They're coming directly from jail as an alternative. So we are over here with them working with the 
sheriff's department and the DA and San Francisco pre-trial and the public defenders working to find an alternative to locking people up. Right. Um, and for most of the time, for for crimes of 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 need, yes, of survival, yes. crimes of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, when we saved a woman from going to prison for finally going back at her abuser after 13 years of being abused. Mm-hmm. She finally goes back and they want to put her in prison, but instead we negotiated for her to be released to Cameo House. Instead, her children were immediately brought into the home with her and she spent the next 18 months, just as Melody said, getting the case management and the sport to um, and the structure. I am not going to lie. Cameo House is a structured, it is a abstinence base we are drug free yeah um, program that has a lot of um a lot of structure to it but as you said before it is designed it is designed to be in a sweet spot where accountability meets this person-centered person-driven plan yes because it's their life yes it's their life right when they get the opportunity to not be stuck in prison and not go back and not lose their kids, you know, um, they're extremely grateful, right, for the opportunity on the majority. Uh, we have excellent outcomes. We have excellent outcomes um, because with the support, you know, women rise. They rise to the challenge. They can do it. It's and a- we know that. All right, if you are just joining us, you are listening to Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. I am your host, Nube Brown, and I've been in conversation with Melody Fantilla of CJCJ and Rebecca Jackson of Cameo House. We're going to take a quick musical break and come back with the second half of our conversation. This is like bringing tears to my eyes. It's amazing what love and care does in in place of of punishment. Yeah, I mean, I and and it's amazing to me that it's it's still a radical idea what it is that you're doing, right? It's it's a radical framework, and I I want to commend you um, both of you. Um, 
for being in that place because when you talk about the negotiation, I mean, you are basically having to convince some the people that you have to interact with, right? You act as this loving shield for these women and their and their children, these families. Um, uh, this shield of love as you're negotiating with the people that have a, only one way really of dealing with account, people having to be accountable, you know? Exactly. The cameo house, creating this environment that's shifting how we do things, shifting the restorative justice model, the model that says with love and care, people want to be accountable. No one hurt people, hurt people. We all know about Fanya Davis. So you're attending to, like you said, you're attending to people. You're attending to letting them do their life. Yes. Like how empowering is that? I mean, that's what we get. That's what we get in the community then. We get people that are empowered and and mm-hmm. feel loved and whole. That's what we want. That's who we want in our community. And we want to be creating uh, creating spaces for that to occur as if that is radical, uh let's get to it. Well, that's the mission of CJCJ. That's Can you talk a little bit do. more about CJ, CJ, please? So, you know, CJ, I'm I'm on the board. I don't work for them, but I don't know all of their intricacies mm-hmm. that they do, but they, they have direct services. They do the technical assistant um, assistance part, and they also work on policy analysis. So they give us the hard numbers as to the reason why um, being incarcerated doesn't work. Right. Putting people away and locking them up and trying to throw away the key is not how we're going to solve society's problems to reduce crime. Right. We're going to make it worse mm-hmm. when we do that. Like you were just talking about, uh, Nube, you just said it all because, you know, the love and consideration and treating people, you know, in a humane type of way is what transforms lives. Mm. Yes. Not not paying millions of dollars, you know, for someone to be locked up. I mean, you can spend that money on treating people who humanely and helping them um, do the work of self, you know, looking at themselves and seeing how they can make changes and helping them to make those changes. Because everybody has made a mistake. Right. Nobody on this planet could say they've never did anything wrong. And so people deserve a second chance or a third chance. Absolutely. They deserve to be able to see that there's a way out. The problem is I don't see a way out if I'm locked up. Well, right. And so when I, when I get out and then you don't invest in me, then where have you left me? You've left me with nothing. Right. Right. So in essence, what Cameo House is asking people to dig deep and be powerful people you're asking something that like it's enlightened you're asking for enlightenment so this is what we want to support because i mean i would say then the people who are out here in the free world they need to check themselves right (laughs) because we're not asked to be accountable right 
And, you know, with CJCJ to, um, you know, it's just, it's just so much stuff uh, that as a nonprofit organization, what we, we believe in and what we're trying to do to help bring about change. You know, we have the, the adult services, uh, we have the NOVA that works with adults, we have federal reentry. Um, we do a lot of work with juveniles because that that really is impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, getting and helping the youth before they become us and they become part of the adult prison um, complex, you know. Mm-hmm. But we provide mental health support for youth through our COI. Um, we do detention diversion with our DDAP program. We have juvenile collaborative reentry. Um, we're trying to do stuff on the juvenile side and then our direct adult services. Um, but, you know, here's TJCJ uh, having their hand in making sure that the San Francisco Juvenile Hall is, is it's going to be shut down. It's, it's closing. And CJCJ was a part of that because that system and that process was, you know, wrong and flawed. Right. We need to be changed because the youth need to be getting services and help and not being locked up. Absolutely. And I just found out today, like, we're so happy because as of today, San Francisco doesn't have one kid at the DJJ. Not one. Right? Yes. From the work, the deep yes. work. Right? Trying to, to change. And with Cameo House, here's the trip, right? Here's mm-hmm. the trip. That with truth and transparency right Mm -hmm. we have created this really good you know the courts and the 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 people of the justice system they know what cameo house is Mm -hmm. they know that we are helping to guide our women to be accountable and you know what they show up to those court dates that Melody was talking about. Mm-hmm. So when a woman is looking at going to prison, right, for a crime of survival, mm-hmm. and then she's in front of this judge, as far as I know, we're the only place that he, that he would have let her come. There was no other program in San Francisco oh, wow. where the judge would even consider letting the person come as an alternative to doing her time. And they're getting released because it's cameo. They know they can count on the structure. We don't care if they have to be under house arrest. We don't have. We don't care if we have to get them there five times a week to do a report. We don't care. We will help them so long as they don't have to spend one more minute being locked up. And then that makes a difference in their children's lives. I was just gonna say yes. yes. So, yes. so if if the woman can get it right. Oof then we can stop the insanity of continuing on right Right, then the children can can learn from the parent on oh and 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 just and just cherish that moment of being able to be with family and being in a community where people care and love about and and love on one another like they really care about me right yes i care what happens to my sister you know and I just think that makes a huge difference because it's going to trickle down to the children and the, and the children are our next generation. How many families do um, does Cameo House serve right now? And, and um, you can serve, what do you need to serve more? Yeah, well, the thing is, is that um, 
we we stay full we are a little um we're small you know we're a pretty small house but that is how you keep that's how come we get to say that we're cameo house mm-hmm. we're not cameo facility we're not ah, cameo hospital yes we're not cameo the big 200 beds. Yes. we are a house right we are mm-hmm. home so we have a room for 11 families um that's 11 adult uh, women and up to 22 kids at any time mm. and um you know there's a wait list there is a wait list uh for for women to access our service we're full now um you know and you know we're we're really there to to help break break that cycle mm-hmm. our women they're not going back to jail they're not. They're not using. They are, they do have jobs. You know, the majority of our women leave Cameo House with higher paying jobs than the counselors who got them there. You know, <laughs> that helps get them there. <laughs> you go, badass sisters. So, so yes. That. Um, that just speaks to how underpaid, um, you know, our work our workers are people that work on field are, are really under underpaid, but, mm-hmm. um, you that's know, another they, issue. They, mm-hmm. they have, you know, they are finishing school. Um, you know, so they're accomplishing a lot, but really it, breaking that cycle, yes, right. Breaking yes. that cycle, breaking the cycle so much that we had a young woman came, come in, come to cameo house, um, she didn't make it all the way through, but she did good work while she was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a year and a half later, we're now serving her mother, who has, who has five other kids. Okay. Okay, trip on that. Wow. We are, you know, the place that is trying to serve, um, you know, the families. And I think, you know, I think that... Um, of all the things that we we said, I think, you know, that is the most devastating part. Um, you know, when we talk about the fact that, um, you know, our program has recently uh, learned that we are going to be defunded. Okay, um, that part right there, which. Um... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I can, I no, mean, no, no, no. I the the reason I'm pausing is because, and people know this on my show. I cry a lot on my show, um, and I I I could sense kind of almost tears welling up with you, and and um, it brings it it starts to bring tears to my eyes. But we need to talk about this. The, the cameo house is in jeopardy of in it, of of being defunded, and what that means. Well, well, I'm on the board, so I come to a board meeting and I've been told that, <clears throat> I guess now it's been about two months ago, I, I, I would have thought that we would have gotten some type of heads up, you know, because that's, that's what I would have thought. But I was just told that the um, Cameo House was being defunded by 35%, which is a huge cut to a to a program because, and I'm going to do everything in my power to, to see to it that that doesn't happen because in my mind, Cameo's too great of a program to lose. It's, it's almost like a staple. You have businesses 
in San Francisco that they honor and keep around because they've been in the in they've been in the community for so long. I would think Cameo should be one of those staple type of places for women and children to be able to change their lives and to keep from going to to prison and to to jail. So I just think that it's an important program to save. Um, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do it. I know that I'm not sure if the, the mayor knows about it. So maybe if people could reach out and let the mayor know um, or the board of supervisors, how important this program it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could um, some kind of way find funding, uh, a contract to, to keep the uh, program, this vital program continuing to be able to serve uh, in great demand women and children. I want to give a little bit of the the history for the funding, you know, just to give it a little bit of more like context too, because uh, since 2012, um, Cameo House has been funded in in partnership with the San Francisco Adult Probation Department. That's a really long time. That's nine years of being in. And when they first came in, they really, you know, kind of reinvented the structure um, to try to, you know, make the services we were already providing um, sort of more in line with this justice agenda. You know, it was really, the contract was really justice driven. It was, you know, run by the city. And, you know, prior to the the probation department having um, being the, the funder, you know, had different funding like through HUD and HSH and, um, even through the mayor's office at one point, this is early, you know, right, right. but it always had a funding stream. Why? Because what Melody just said, right? right? Because right. Cameo House has been around, it's a San Francisco institution and it's a need, right? right? But so probation came in in 2012 and they kind of redid this and thought that they were going to reorganize the whole thing. And, um, you know, I, I, and I guess the program was working, but the, uh, it really needs to be sort of had to be revamped. And that's when Shirley Lamar came in and it really changed when the director wasn't a professional. When the director of the program then became a woman of color, of lived experience that came through all the systems herself mm-hmm. and she was put in a place to say, okay, wait, so the, the main structure of the way the city department wants it done that's fine but we need to make sure that the services meet the clients <laughs> their right. actual needs right um, right 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 um but since 2012 we've been in in contract with them and even uh at the end of last year you know we were in the middle of a pandemic our contract we knew was ending um but after nine years we were used to uh sort of what is the process? Okay, well, we're coming to the end of the funding, technical funding year. So we just do the whole process again. We go through the RFQ and then we do the RFP and then we get in contract. This is the process, right? contract right. negotiations. And so we did all of that um, in fall of last year. Um, so really just rolling into the end of our fiscal, uh, end of our contract year with probation, um, knowing that we would be going back into to another year of 21, 22 with them. 
And then that's when the meeting happened that Melody told you about. Mm. They asked for a meeting with us at the end of January. Mind you that the contract was set to end in March. So two months, eight weeks before the contract ends, we get told that we were going to take a 35% cut for the next year. Okay. And... Or so we thought. Well, or so we thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was their proposed. Mm -hmm. And 35% cut is what we call, we've been named as, it's a a program kill shot. Because 35%, if they take 35%, we can't even pay the employees to be there, let alone bring the services. So uh, we replied and said, well, we can't take 35%. Can we do 10? Can you do 10%, which would be in line with the mayor's office directives that city departments would be taking a maximum of 10% cut? Can you do 10% instead of 35 so that we can stay open? Right, right. And, so we can continue and- to serve this very specific class of women and children exactly. in this particular way because we know it, it's, been, it's been successful for all of these years. Yes. And put on top of it that it's only eight weeks until this cut is supposed to happen. Right. So we have right. no time. Right. And so on, we right. go back and say, we can't do 35. We're asking you to do 10. And we ask for a couple of other things, rollover funds. I don't even understand all that language. But we ask for some, some concessions so that we can keep going. And um, a few weeks later, we heard back and they said, oh, never mind. We're not going to actually go into another contract year with you. We will extend you for three months and then we're done. So basically they came to us, proposed a budget cut that they knew wasn't going to be doable. Right. The one we tried to advocate for the families Mm-hmm. And for the program mm-hmm. and for the institution that has been here, right, serving a very particular population, uh, we tried to advocate, and I guess for that, um, they said no. And basically with no justification, when we asked for an explanation, um, they said it was because it was the cost was too high. The cost was too high. Um, wow. (laughs) The cost, I do. We think about the cost of not serving these women. Thank you. I mean, like, thank you. Wow. But so there's that. (laughs) And there's also the technical part of it that they were getting the cost per person. They were only counting the mothers. Of course not the children no of course (laughs) so for them even though i had at one point eight women and nine kids living there right they the kids weren't factored in the cost per person so it was first of all unfairly calculated right right and then when we go back and we say but wait a second to keep Cameo House open, it's approximately $175 a day. If they're in jail, it's something like 500 Right. How can you say if these women are alternatively sentenced, 
that it's too expensive. Right. And you're not counting the kids. And you're not counting the kids. I mean, it's it's a it's a really I just have to say it's a really sick way of seeing things. I mean, it just really is. And so you're trying again. You're here trying to create this radical. What's a uh, what shouldn't be a radical uh, space, but it is. Can I? Um, the one thing that I'm a little um, so. Where does CJ CJ come in? Is it is it is it CJ CJ that's being defunded? Like how do I'm sorry because I'm really bad yes, at this please. kind of stuff. It's totally fine. Yeah. So no. So CJ CJ has lots of different programs, right? And each independent program has its own funding source. How ah. they stay open and relevant you know federal reentry is funded by the feds the nova comes from the sheriff's department cameo house came from the probation department the juvenile programs and the policy they have their own funding uh-huh. and when they lose funding then we lose programs and we're constantly fighting to keep the funding to keep the programs going because cjcg itself is just a nonprofit. right and, and that's the and that's how my nonprofits. that is the the wonderful thing about nonprofits, and then it can be the death of nonprofits. Sure, of course. Having to keep up with the funding. Right. But there okay. is also this little, you know, elephant in the room that no one was saying. And I said, well, first of all, wherever anybody wants to put their funding, that's their business. Right. It isn't for anyone to say, where probation or the feds or anybody who they want to ever fund, that's their business. Mm -hmm. Right. But to wait to inform until it was, it's like, there's no time, you know, for, for cameo house to, to go and do the work that it takes um, to find that Another oh, source of funding. Funding because we know people will believe in it. Right, it is right. good. It is true. It's right. It need. It needs to be here. So it isn't that um, that. But with no time to do that, of course, um, that's what we're scrambling to do. And the elephant in the room is that it's we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Okay. Right. That's the elephant in the room too. It's like okay, you know, let's say the sad day. It's like, what is the plan? These women aren't just single adults that could be rehoused and dispersed around in the city and whatever available bed they happen to have open that is funded by them. Because the probation department said, well, well, our plan isn't to, we won't leave them high and dry. We have a plan for them. Um. And but I think you asked them what the plan was, right? We asked. And so then what did they say? That they were not at liberty to share that information with us. Whoa. Wow. Wow, that's kind so, of the opposite of what Cameo House offers, right? I mean, that talk about trans, not tra- no transparency there. None. None. Because also the point is, like I said, and not to keep hammering it in, but these women are, they're a very particular population. Of course. And everything about them has to be considered. They can't just be rehoused in whatever the institution or the agency thinks works for them. Right, right. Never mind that they're sentenced to us. 
let's take all that off the table and just we'll just pretend like the judges will be fine with them going to Turk and Eddie. Let's just pretend like that's it. Right, right. The women themselves, they need to they need safety. Right, right. The families need to stay together. Absolutely. Okay. And we have to respect that they are widely diverse culturally and their experience and their trauma all needs to be taken into consideration before you they can't go to six in the mission. I'm sorry. They can't just be stuck in an SRO somewhere because CPS will not allow that. Do you understand? Wow. And never mind, there's like infants, one lady's about to give birth. It's just like, it's insane oh. um, to think that, you know. Um, What's the more consideration in my mind given to the fact that if you, if you, if you knew you were going to shut, shut us down like that, couldn't you have at least given us time to to get some things in order? That I just feel like you know common decency. They don't get, clearly don't see that Cameo House is unique in the service the the service that you provide the the home. That's what you called it, Rebecca. Home. It's home. It is their. I'm sorry that that you uh, there's there isn't there isn't an alternative to that. There isn't. There isn't an alternative to home. There's not. Uh, what? Okay. So, what is it that we can possibly do as yeah. the, as the public? What can we do to help? So we just launched on our uh, the cjcj.org website. We just launched a little like social media uh, save cameo house campaign um, sheet on there. It just states some of the basic facts of you know what's happening with the San Francisco Adult Probation Department, our defunding, um, and you know how how people can help. What we're trying to do. Um, but right now, you know, uh, what we're asking for people to do is reach out because we think that the the people who can really fix this calamity and and and, and save Cameo um, are the the mayor and the board of supervisors. Straight up, um, they need to be made aware, you know, that we're talking about a program in San Francisco that is for women and families, justice involved minority mm -hmm. women that are alternatively sentenced that can't be displaced in the middle of a pandemic and, and it's been around since the 1990s yeah it's a staple to right. the city you can't it's like it's almost like a classical building in the city you wouldn't even tear down a victorian as a matter of fact they're in a victorian <laughs> so <laughs> right. speaking of that why would you take away a program that's a staple program in this community? Right. Long-standing. Right. Excellent track record. Right. Changing lives. Making a difference. Yeah. Where it counts. So for generations to come. That's right. To, 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 to break that cycle, you know. Um, and right now we're asking people to make calls and to contact the mayor and the board of soups. Um, we hope to really soon get a template put up on our website if people want support, you know, to, to send a letter. Um, and, you know, uh, right now we are doing everything we can, Nube, to 
find a place to put the cameo house contract uh, come July one. Because right now uh, we're we're racing against the clock. We got a hundred days um, to 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 rally and and to ask people to to accept the contract, um, so that you know when we raise funds, uh, then we have a place to put it. You know, but yeah. that's that's really important that you know um, either the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing or you know the Sheriff's Department or you know I don't know. The commission on the status of women. I mean, we don't care who picks up uh, the cameo house contract, but we're working really, really hard um, to get that in place because with everything that is going on, we know that we need to fight to preserve cameo house for the people that are there now and for the people who are sitting in jail and prison and need a place to go in the future. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So absolutely. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear, and I hope the listeners are going to hear this loud and clear. So I am always encouraging people to find their voice. I I encourage, and I'm going to encourage people, if that's okay with y'all, until you get that template up, come from the heart. Call Mayor Breed's office and just say, listen, I just heard about Cameo House, and I want them to stay in business. Do you know about Cameo House? Are you doing something about it? Just come from the heart. You don't need to know all the facts and figures. That's not, most of us don't know that stuff and we're not going to know that stuff and we can't, we don't, we don't activate like that. Just come from the heart. Call the supervisor's office. Y'all know who your, your, your district supervisor is here in district 10. are, Are you in district 10? Shaman Walton? Is that, is that who our people are? Call them. Get the number, people. You have some time. You have 15 minutes. Get that number. Call the mayor. Call the mayor's office. Call the supervisor's office and tell them you heard about Cameo House and do you know about Cameo House and what's being done to make sure that they stay there so they can help these women and children and these families. So that's what I'm putting out there. And then when the time comes and go to cjcj.org check out the campaign that y'all have put up there and when the time comes that that template is up there for those of you they're still a little bit shy okay but go there and get that template but if you can if you can just use your voice because all power is with the people and that's really where the change is going to come is when the people say what they want and put our officials feet to the fire and say, this is what we want. You don't tell us what we want. We're telling you what we want. All right. Um, Sisters, do you want to have um, any last uh, statements before we uh, finish this up? Just thank you for this platform and thank you for allowing us to speak from the heart. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you too so much. This has been so enlightening for me as well. And I am, I am so grateful to the two of you for spending this time and really sharing, sharing your passion and the work that you are doing and what you have created is, it really is stunning and should be a model for how we move forward, really, and how we care about our people. All right. Yeah. Um, Rebecca and Melody, thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 
All right, beautiful people, that is our show. I want to give a big shout out to Melody Fountilla and Rebecca Jackson for bringing this story to the San Francisco Bayview. Please support Cameo House by calling the mayor's office, Mayor London Breed's office at 415-554-5977 and also District 10 Supervisor Shaman Walton's office at 415-554-7670. And as always, please call the governor and demand the release of our Elders, get them home. 916-445-2841. Get ready for Workweek with Steve Seltzer.